We often view loneliness as something to be strictly avoided, and the thought of being alone with our own thoughts or with ourselves is even scarier than our deepest fears come to life. But what if we can take this view of solitude and loneliness and turn it on its head and make you embrace it as part of your existence? Today on Things Explained, I'm going to show you how loneliness is part of your human condition. Let's get into it. probably be in a room with thousands of people and you could ask them would you rather skydive off Mount Everest or be alone with your own thoughts for five minutes and I think majority of people would pick Everest pre like my therapy and like working on myself and healing and all that I probably would have picked Everest because being alone with my own thoughts can be scary especially um like if you're going through a breakup or something's happening in your life and you tend to spiral, which I tend to spiral a lot of the times, like my thoughts really can just run away with me. And before I know it, I'm like sad or depressed or something like that. So being alone with my thoughts can be a scary thing. You know, I'm sure for majority of the people it is. So let's talk about this a little bit and how this is part of your human condition. So loneliness has always been the primary construct of man's existence. And while the thought of being truly alone might scare you, it's something that is inherently ingrained in our DNA as a need. We come into this world alone and we leave it alone. So while the actual definition of loneliness translates to the state of solitude or being alone, the human condition part seems to be an area where people get the most confused. So the human condition can be quite complex because humanity himself tends to be complicated, but the human condition cannot actually be defined. So there is no real definition of what is the human condition, but it can be broken down into key characteristics like birth, learning, emotion, aspiration, morality, conflict, and of course, death. It would be interesting to do like a podcast episode on how death is part of the human condition and break that down a bit, but I'm going to try to steer away from topics that are completely morbid and kind of try to keep this light and try to keep this moving. So we can break down those key elements even further and say, if emotions are part of the human condition, is loneliness an emotion? You know, I, I know a lot of people, for a lot of people, that's up for debate. But for me, since it's a state of being, one could consider it an emotion since things like anger and sadness, love, all that kind of stuff are states of being. So why do we run from this emotion and tend to run headfirst into the others? Especially since loneliness tends to play on the psyche negatively, like anger, sadness, etc. Maybe because with loneliness, all the other emotions tend to follow, I guess. And it's never any of the positive emotions, you know, like when someone feels lonely, they never feel happy when they're lonely, as opposed to they might feel anger or they might feel sad. So look, what if we took that view of loneliness, right? And turned it on its head and said that man actually needs loneliness because in isolation, we tend to appreciate self. And when we appreciate ourselves, we can appreciate and even cherish the time that we have with others even more. So it's like how when 
um, you hear a lot of people talk about the existence of God and they say, well, why? And, you know, a lot of atheists will say, like, why would I want to believe in a God who makes cancer or um, people get murdered and things like that? Why do I want to believe in a God who has those things? And, you know, a lot of uh, Christian people will tell you, like, because for one, God gives free will to people, right? He's not some ultimate controlling being who's like, I'm going to make everyone happy and make everything good. He gives people free will whenever they are born onto this earth. But also they say that those things are hap- those things happen, right? Things like cancer, famine, where people are starving, things like that. So people can appreciate the good even more. So you have the bad and he can't take away the bad because then you won't appreciate the good times that you have. So you have unhealthy, so you can appreciate the healthy and you have sadness, so you can appreciate happy so that's just like a little example to explain so it's like when david henry thoreau went into the woods to live alone and then he said i went into the woods because i wish to live deliberately to front only the essential facts of life and see if i could not learn what i had to teach and not when i came to die discover that i had not lived What are the words to learn fully by stripping away everything that interferes with understanding what life really is in its truest form and to do that you have to be with yourself in your truest form like sort of the isolated punishment of prometheus and the exile of odysseus and the abandonment of christ on the cross we can't truly know our own life purpose until we truly are alone with ourselves in literature isolation usually bred some type of life lesson that the hero of the story could only learn in isolation from the rest of the world or his family or his friends or partners etc or if we want to go even deeper let's insert my quick lord of the ring reference in the lord of the rings frodo was the only one that could bear the burden of the ring alone And in bearing that burden, he learned about himself and honestly, like the rest of the world and how the world works because he had such a myopic view of the world because he was in his safe little world around um, his family and his friends and, and, you know, his little safe coven of of the Shire. But when he was thrust away from that, he learned so much about himself and the rest of the world. So let's put it this way. And I know I keep giving examples, but bear with me because sometimes this is like a little bit of a complex subject. So if you believe in God, you probably believe in soul. Soul itself is a solitary construct that can't be shared or joined with anyone else. Or let's say if you believe in evolution, you believe we are made up of atoms and atoms are a solitary construct and are unique to each individual. So solitary is what makes up humans. So again, why are we afraid to be alone? Maybe it reminds man too much of death and then how dying we die alone. Or maybe when faced with loneliness, we are faced with ourselves. And in being faced with ourselves, we see parts of us that we don't like or that we dislike most or the parts that we try to hide from the rest of the world because every man sort of has this face that he displays to the rest of the world. And it is sort of like a phantom-like 
version of himself and or, or in some cases like a pumped up better version of what he truly is so when we are alone with ourselves we're faced with the reality that we are fake we are not true and so maybe it's all of the above you know social media has brainwashed us to believe that like that likes equate to self-esteem and that if we have this many likes we can feel good about ourselves but if we strip that away men and women tend to implode. I think social media has got us really brainwashed about what true self-worth and self-esteem actually is. And we'll get into what that is. So this is all going to come full circle, I promise. So if we start embracing all the things that are good and bad, then only can we really know our true selves. Now, I'm not saying go into the woods like Thoreau, but whenever you find yourself alone, if even for just a few minutes, embrace it. Don't kill it. Don't try to fill it with social media, work, your phone, your kids, your significant other. Just embrace those few minutes to truly be alone with your own thoughts. The true problem that is facing the world is that people really don't know who they are because people are so afraid of being alone and being faced with themselves. So they self-destruct, either trying to become someone else, that's why we have so many carbon copies of the same men and women, or they become the worst versions of mankind, doing heinous, apprehensible things. You know, I've always said that one day I'm going to go into the mountains in South America and take ayahuasca with a shaman. That's just always been like this dream of mine but it's kind of scary because I will be crack hallucinogens tend to like crack open your brain and just reveal to you what's already there so you're not seeing anything new you're just seeing what's already inside of you and so that to me is kind of a scary thing because you're taking a look on what's in the inside and you're scared of what you might find or lack thereof like in the back of my mind, I'm like, do I have any repressed memories that I forgot about from childhood that all of a sudden I'm remembering it's going to be horrible for me? Like, it's just kind of like a scary thing. So think about it this way. The emotion I'm feeling isn't against the ayahuasca, right? Or even the shaman or the, the setting or the fact that I'm going to be around a bunch of people I don't know. The actual emotion I'm feeling is around myself. So... And of course, I'm not promoting ayahuasca, you know, guys, I'm not promoting hallucinogens. But I will say that you if you think about it in terms of loneliness, the real emotions that we're feeling isn't towards the loneliness itself, but it's within ourselves. So the real fear is being faced with ourselves, which is a crazy thought, right? Like that the scariest thing isn't other people or like some phantom like being that corrupts or the sort of like angel and devil on your shoulder telling you good and bad, but it's ourselves, singularly, solitary, just one soul and one being. That's why the Buddhist monks who meditate are so peaceful and light is because they've mastered the ultimate fear and that's themselves. To be able to empty your mind and just sit with yourself for a minute or for, you know, in in most extreme cases, they can meditate all day. They can meditate for like 24 hours. Just imagine like sitting with your yourself that long your thoughts in silence a lot it's a lot of people that's scary like I remember when I first started like meditating and things like that I could not do it for more than like 
30 seconds without a thought popping into my head or me getting freaked out by the silence. It's scary. It's it's like, it's a weird thing. But to be able to master that, it's the ultimate freedom because you really have to come face to face with some things about yourself first and then, you know, make peace in your own heart. And then can you sit in silence with yourself? And that takes self-work, that takes diligence, that takes self-control and self-mastery. It's, it's a lot that goes into that. So guys, embrace loneliness. It's part of being human. And you know, again, I often hear a lot of women talking about self-love and all this kind of stuff. And true self-love is being okay with self and all that comes with the human condition. They get it wrong when they talk about freedom of like sleeping with a bunch of people or having a career, in some cases having like a husband and that their life is going to be fulfilled once they get married or have kids or like embracing the weight that you are because that's self-love, but that's not true self-love because all of those people, I guarantee you, would have trouble just sitting alone with themselves because all of that stuff is great and there's nothing wrong with wanting those things, but it's also just feeling your life with stuff. It's just feeling the life with things or trying to fill that void that is inside of you instead of embracing the void as just a part of life and that everyone has the same void this is not a void that is a negative thing but it's a good thing everyone has it because that void is where you can sit in silence with yourself and instead of searching for some grand meaning to any of it to the void to life to anything we have to realize that there's really no meaning to any of that but just to live and i know that's very nihilist of me But people really try to search for this grand meaning of existence when all there is is just to be alive. And, you know, we all have a debt to society to live our best life possible and to be decent humans. That's our debt of being born human, right? To being born with higher thinking, to being born able with the ability to learn as fast as we do, faster than most living things on this planet. That's our debt to society is being a decent human and living the best possible life. And when you break it down and really think about it, that's the meaning of life. That's all there is. Might sound bleak and vague, but if we embrace that, we can find such beauty in life instead of trying to strive for this unattainable thing or strive for unattainable things that we're trying to fill our life with, fill that void with. So closing thoughts, guys, we have to start embracing everything that is a part of being human instead of trying to work against life and change things that are just part of life. I mean, for me, I in doing that, I've had an easier time and actually loved myself a lot more because I'm not in a constant state of anxiety and self-hate because I'm trying to control things that are out of my control like the internal void inside of me that we all feel we've all felt loneliness it's not just subjective to you everyone feels it and some might feel it more than others there's might be times when you might feel it more than others but everyone out of the billions of people on this planet everyone has 
it feels that because it's part of being human. It's that condition. But in embracing that, we cherish the moments we have with others more because there's just so much peace and love and solitude. And that's where the true self-love starts. If you believe in God, if you believe, you know, in a higher power, whatever you believe in, that void can just be filled with love, just love of humanity love of god love of yourself it can just be filled with just in an, an overwhelming magnitude of love and i i know i sound like a complete hippie but it's true right because there's nothing else we can do there's nothing else we can do with it so really quick a quote by janet fitch from the book the white oleander she says that loneliness is the human condition cultivate it the way it tunnels into you allows your soul room to grow. Never expect to outgrow loneliness. Never hope to find people who will understand you, someone to fill that space. If you expect to find people who will understand you, you will grow murderous with disappointment. Guys and gals, I hope you got something out of today's episode. Please be sure to follow us on social media and that will be linked down in the show notes. And of course, subscribe, rate, review because we are cooking with this new format and I'm excited to bring you future episodes. So, you know, as I get comfortable and get into the groove with this, um, we will be doing, of course, a new podcast every Wednesday. There is a video version of that on YouTube that I release, and it's sort of shortened for YouTube, just as like a quick intake you can do. I know these podcasts aren't very long, but it's even shorter on YouTube where you can just do like a quick summary of what I'm talking about here, and you can see my face if you want to. Um, and then there will be clips posted on social media and also like on TikTok and Instagram and all that. I explain a lot more things like as quick short form videos where if there's something I see on social media or if there's a concept I just want to talk about really quickly and not do a whole full length podcast about I'll just do a quick TikTok or uh, do a quick reel or something like that and talk about it so definitely be sure to follow us and this podcast of course so as always I will see you next week take care